Welcome to Go Rangers Radio, where the New York Rangers are always the talk of the town. If you bleed red, white, and Rangers blue, hail the king, follow the bread man, and know how to spell Capo Caco, then you've tuned to the right place. And now, here are your handsome hosts, Kevin Delury and Paul Cuthbert. They're not always going to get it right, but you can be damn sure they'll pretend they are. Now, let's go Rangers Radio. Yeah, good evening everybody and welcome to Go Rangers Radio. Live from New York, baby. On the Go Hockey Media Radio Network. It is Wednesday, October 23rd. On the cold and dreary night. Especially in Broadway. Mr. Paul Cuthbert here. And ladies and gentlemen, please say hi to my good friend, Mr. Kevin Delury. KD, welcome aboard, baby. What's going on, brother? Paulie, you are way too happy and excited right now for what's going on with our blue shirts. I'm in denial, buddy. <laughs> I'm in denial. Disaster city, my friend. Disaster city. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the final episode of Go Rangers Radio. <laughs> As me and Kevin have decided, we are not going to continue until this ship turns around. Thank you so much for tuning in. We said we only came back because they had Kako, and it's this young movement, and it's going to be fun. This is not what we signed up for, and we're out. Done. Finished. In fact, tomorrow night we'll be starting the Go Buffalo Sabres radio program. Number one in the league, baby. New York team. We got to stick with them, buddy. Uh, Welcome to the misery, ladies and gentlemen. Here we are again, a Wednesday night, and I tell you what, KD, at least this time, we've got uh, a bunch of games in between. We went through a couple of weeks there of just waiting and, uh, you know, uh, all the hypotheticals and what's going to happen here and all that other stuff. Wait, Paulie, Paulie, hold on. Go! The Rangers the Rangers t- just took another penalty. Sorry. <laughs> Was it Kreider again? Nevis? Oh. Which one? Come on, man. <laughs> I think it's my boy Strom. I think he has like 10 already this year. Oh, man. We'll talk about that definitely a little later on. But it's been unbelievable, KD. Uh, like I said, we were talking about uh, we couldn't wait for games. We got a bunch of them. And now look at this mess we got. Last five, we got five five losses here. Oilers, Devs, Caps, Vancouver. The Yotes last night at home. And these are all home games, man. We're, uh, we're losing a lot of points here at home. It's tough. Five straight losses, one overtime loss. Two, four, and one. Last in the Metro. After seven games and 30th in the league, you're New York Rangers, KD. Yeah, I, I don't even know where to start. I mean, you know, the team has been so, so terrible. I mean, the starts to these games are brutal. I mean, they, they finally had, you thought that they may have been sort of breaking out of it against the Canucks. That third period gave you like a little bit of hope that maybe they're trying to figure it out. And then the first period last night against the Coyotes, I mean, they got outshot like 21 to 3. Um, and then the penalties. The penalties just keep coming and, and are putting them behind the eight ball to start these games. So, I mean, we can go into sort of the litany of, of problems with this team, whether it's, you know, Quinn just shuffling the lineup sort of like minute by minute in these games. You know, you got Kako now on the 10 minutes of ice time last game. My man, Laius, can't find his way off the fourth line. I mean, for all the juggling that's going on, the one constant has been Anderson on the fourth line. The guy can't get off this fourth line. I, I don't understand why Quinn is trying every sort of configuration, but my guy, Laius, he just can't get off that four, fourth line. You know, he's playing with Haley, he's playing with Smith, he's playing with McKegg. I mean... Goodness, get this guy some skill on his wing, for goodness sake. But, uh, you know, the defense has been horrific, um, whether it's the defensemen themselves. Um, and, and I'm sure we'll get into, you know, the, the main culprits. Um, the forwards aren't helping out either. Um, so thankfully, our goaltenders have been stepping up because as bad as it's been, it would be even worse without Lundqvist and, uh, and, and Georgie Boy. Georgie Boy. 
Yes, they are certainly getting their uh, their work cut out for them, averaging about 36 shots against each night, which is uh, just so much fun to uh, anticipate every evening. So there you go, Katie. Hey, look, I brought it up last week. Uh, you know, my my concern was that, uh, you know, the game against Edmonton, they weren't mixing it up. The same thing as last year. I was kind of concerned about, you know, what I was seeing from Quinn. So let's let's start from the top. Let's let's talk a little bit about Quinn and everybody on, you know, we've seen online is calling for Lindy Ruff's head here. And, uh, you know, this is a former uh, guy who got the same percent to the Stanley Cup finals. And I find it hard to believe he's, he's, he's it may, I, you know, is it the talent, you know, what's going on here? But. Let's take it from the top. Again, me, game by game here, the losses, uh, the juggling around, fundamental hockey. I think that's my biggest concern here more than anything is like a lot of the stuff that, you know, we're seeing on the ice. These are professionals. Uh, a lot of the guys that are on the team right now have been here for the last couple of years. They have NHL experience. They've been playing for Quinn. Uh, the new guys that they brought in outside of Kako himself, though, a pretty decent player on the inter- international level on the juniors, but a guy like Panarin. Played for very experienced teams, starting Chicago, Columbus, all that stuff. You've got Truba, and uh, you know it just seems to be very concerning for me. I, you know, we can't say you know I'll say it first. Quinn, watch whatever. But I think um, you know collectively here, it's just the basic fundamental hockey that doesn't seem to be organized. It's almost like if you don't mind getting beat here and there in a certain amount of games in terms of certain ways, as long as you fought hard, you, you played hard, maybe you missed a couple of chances, you tried to stay out of the box, you keep your power play going as best as you can, but it just seems to be chaos going on. And for a team and an organization that, you know, as, as first class as these guys are, and I do like Coach Quinn. I'm not down on him for that aspect. But I'm just really kind of shocked, KD, of the chaos. Uh, you know, the, the, the whole schedule excuse now is, is in the garbage. It's gone. You're also playing at home, you know. You're playing the Coyotes. You're playing the Devils that, were, that, that couldn't sniff a win, you know. Um, you know, the Caps obviously have played a lot of hockey here in the first couple of weeks. Vancouver, they're another young team. Traveled all the way from across the, you know, the West Coast. So I don't have a lot of room for the excuses, but I'm seeing a lot of chaos, which is more than anything very concerning for me outside of the numbers, the percentages, and all this, and the line changes and everything. And it starts at the bench. So, KD, you take it from there. (laughs) I will start by saying this. I mean, since we've started this podcast, I've remained, um, you know, confident in, in the leadership. Um, that they have a plan, that they're trying to be patient, um, that they're, you know, focusing on on hard work. And, 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 and I see where they're going with all this. Having said that, the fan in me is starting to, you know, a little bit of panic is, is starting to creep in with, with what is going on with Quinn. I mean, you know, you can only blame the coach for so much. Sometimes, obviously, the players have to play the games. But you know, when they're as undisciplined as they've been with all the penalties that they're taking, when they're having tough starts, and I, I do blame tough starts on the coaches, whether they're not ready, he doesn't have them ready to play or whatever it may be. I think that that kind of, that kind of thing falls on, on the coach not being, not being ready to play. And, and as I mentioned earlier, it's the constant line shuffling. I mean, you know, he, he's almost getting, um, you know, he's, seems like he may he's like coaching for his job which I can't imagine that's the case I mean the guy's only into his second year here um so I don't understand the constant line shuffling I understand maybe Strom didn't start out very well and you know after the second game the guy's off and then you're putting Howden in who seems overwhelmed so like you mentioned I think chaos is is almost a good word to use here because uh, you're not really sure what what he's going to be doing, you know, minute to minute with with the lineup. The team is is complete. It's just boring hockey. I it's almost like Tortorella offense out there. It's just you want to slit your wrists watching it. It's it's so boring sometimes. And I had mentioned today on Twitter with somebody, even our 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 agitator Lemieux, who I you know should be in there, you know, ruffling feathers on the other side and and sort of building some energy that I, I just haven't even seen it from the guy. So the whole team is just, it, it's lackluster and uh, it's real disappointing because I was so excited going into the season to see the young guys and watch them grow. And, and then the first game, the, the Winnipeg game, it was back and forth and there was a lot of scoring. And I was like, 
wow, if this is the way the season is going to go, I mean, I, I don't care about wins and losses. This is just going to be exciting to watch. And and from that first game to what we're watching now, I don't know what happened or how it happened, but man, this it, it's difficult to watch. Yeah, and and that may you know come back to to Coach Quinn. I think, like I said, I, I was the one who said it last week. Like I said, that Edmonton game, they were boring. You know, I mm-hmm. I said it was a snooze fest. I remember, I was joking around Saturday. I was off. Yep. I was looking forward to it and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. this has kind of been away. Look, you know, I I you know I think of. You know, when you, you're mixing the lines up, as far as I'm concerned, I think, you know, as far as old-time hockey goes and, and, and the, um, you know, usually, you know, how coaches usually run their things, they, they stick with guys, especially in the beginning of the season. Maybe you get to the middle of the season, you've given guys 20 games together and it ain't breaking. Maybe you're, you're doing a playoff push and you need some points, so you got to mix things up a little bit. I mean, that always happens with a trade, right? They do that at the end of the year. They either, either you need some feistiness or you need some scoring or you need some defensive help, and that's when you're looking to, to find that extra link to come in or to, to, to jack the team up a little bit. Right now, as far as I'm concerned, when, to explain, when it's explained to the fan base, it's a rebuild. Um, we're starting fresh. Quinn, second year, everything else. Why not let these guys play 10, 15 games together at the same line? It seems to be a pressure. I know they're trying to get goals, um, you know, goals scored, obviously, but I don't, I don't get the juggling. I'm sure, all, I mean, you know, we all don't get it right now. And I guess that's the thing is just trying to figure that out. Now, if somebody turns around and says, well, we're trying to get scoring or we're trying to uh, find a different way around uh, these teams that we're playing. And again, if you look at the schedule, you know, it's not like we, I mean, the the big tough guys in the league are coming into the house here in the next couple of weeks and, and, and we're going to get in the road in Nashville. I mean, what's going to happen against those teams? You know what I'm saying? These these really big experienced teams that are flying and uh, playoff experienced teams that we're going to run into here. So my thing is, is why not let these guys just play it out? Keep these guys together and, and, and let them find their own way and let them build the cohesiveness. And they are home. They haven't had a road trip yet, really. So my thing is, is where, why is, is, is that kind of a pressure on a, a young guy like Coach Quinn? Because he's definitely, we have to call it like it is, KD. He's definitely shown his inexperience. And then you got a guy like Lindy Ruff, who's very experienced. And where does he stand in terms of stepping over toes and maybe trying to implement his ways? I know everybody's got a ton of problems with Lindy on the defensive side here. But sticking with Coach Q, what all those things that you were saying, lackluster, no energy, juggling the lines, trying to figure it out, it doesn't seem to have any kind of rain on... Um, on, 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 on what the, 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 the game plan is. You know what I'm saying? And then you have the guys. Like I said, there's a lot of money on the ice, KD, Panarin, Truba, you know, Hank, all these guys too. I mean, you got to think JD and Gorton, they're watching this. And I do hate to say it as much as I like the guys. I, I think this could lead to maybe Q getting bumped here if it gets really, really bad. Now, you might everybody out there going, oh, you're nuts or whatever, but it's all the stuff that you said, and this is, Big time lack of inexperience, and with that much money, and you can't get that deep into the season here. We're, we're poaching ten games; they get into twenty games, and if it doesn't change, I don't know how he's going to change it outside of just sticking to one thing. I've rambled on enough, guys. <laughs> yeah, I I think I don't agree with you on on Q uh, Quinn. I, I know, I know. <laughs> I don't I don't think that his seat is even close to being warm yet. The first shoe that's going to drop is Lindy Ruff. He's a holdover from Vigneault. You know, nobody has any, uh, you know, any background with him. So I don't think that they'll have any issues. You know, they have no allegiance to Ruff. So I think and, and with the way the defense is going, it, it's it's just too easy to, to get him out. I don't think that they're going to pull the, the rug out from under Quinn just yet. I, 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 I go back to and the thing that keeps me from completely panicking with what's going on is is J.D., that, that one interview he had before the Ottawa game, was, was he couldn't have said the word patient more than and, and how, how much that is involved with what they're doing here. So I think that has a lot to do with why Heedle is still down in Hartford and they haven't brought him up despite the issues at the second-line center position. It's why Leah Sanderson is still on the fourth line and he hasn't been moved up yet. It's why... Um, Kako had, may have had his minutes cut a little bit last game and, and why, you know, it, it, it is a bit frustrating, but I, this is what they have in their heads. 
as they're going to be painfully patient. And it's the only thing that's sort of keeping me going right now when I look at a lot of what's going on with Smith on the third line and with Stahl on the first defensive pair, defensive pair um, despite him just being terrible so far this year. Um, and you I jinxed just think, him, buddy. <laughs> I'm just thinking to myself that this is this is the reason why it's happening, that they're not ready to put these young guys in a position that they're going to fail. Because if you look at the one guy they've actually done it with is Howden. They put him in that second center position and he looks and he has looked overwhelmed. It looks like he's in over his head. And that may have them even think twice about maybe bringing Heedle up again right away or moving Anderson off the third line. But it may be a, a turn in the right direction. I did like what Quinn did today with the lines of practice. He sort of reunited the top six for the first two games. They're not in the same lines, but he put the same guys in the top six again, where you have the top line is Zabinijad, Kreider, and Kako. So it's nice to get Kako on that first line with Zabinijad to get maybe uh, Kako going a little bit. And then he, he put Panarin, Strom, and Buchnevich. You know, split up Zibanejad and Panarin, you know, split up the offense a little bit. Although Zibanejad and Panarin really, since the first two games, really haven't been on fire either. I mean, Zibanejad hasn't scored since that hat trick in Ottawa. Um, and, and, you know, so put Panarin with Strom and Buchnevich um, to get the balance out, the scoring a little bit on, on those top two lines. Strom, to be honest, he's been the, the best playmaking center on the team for the last five games. I mean, his passes, I mean, his pass last game on, on the power play to D'Angelo was amazing, you know, and he had that great pass on on the Kako goal. So, you know, he's actually been pretty good, uh, you know, playmaking and assist wise. He hasn't scored yet, but you know, very few Rangers actually have so far. Um, but uh, you know, I I like what Quinn did with the lines today. Um, you know, he doesn't have Haley in the lineup, thankfully. Um, so that 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 may be a step in the right direction where maybe. After this sort of mayhem of the of the last five games, he sort of took a deep breath and said, "Look, I got to get my top guys in the top six again. Um, get get the best lineup out there, and 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 let and let's go." Yeah, uh, and that's just it's just that's just the frustrating part about the whole thing. I mean, uh, just the breakdown of uh, of where they are right now. So, like, getting back to what you were saying here, and I know you know, coach. But if they're if they're two and twenty or Two and twenty. Two and twenty. Come on, Wally. <laughs> two, well, it, two it and seems we we got a whirlpool going on here. A whirlpool of losses, buddy. <laughs> if they don't clog the drain here, and like I said, they got the Sabers coming in here tomorrow, uh, and then Boston comes in. You know, Shattenkirk and the Bolts are going to be licking their chops. I mean, you know, and then they're going to the Nashville. And then they're gonna have, you know, Ottawa's gonna want revenge when they play them again. So, I mean, hey, you know what? Maybe we will be two and twenty. Oh. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Look, we'll see. Is is Keenan available? No. Is he still around? Or no? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, you know that it is probably, and, and Ranger fans better buckle in because you know, with that schedule, it probably is gonna get worse before it gets better. And you know, I am, like I said, the fan in me is starting to panic. And I'm and I'm trying to stay calm about it, and and I, I can forgive this stuff now. Again, I could I could go with the they're trying to be patient, but if this kind of thing is still happening at the All Star break, where Smith is still on the third line, and Stahl is getting big minutes, and Haley's in the lineup, and Leah Anderson's still on the fourth line, and all these things that really shouldn't be happening right now, but if that's still happening in February. Uh, I'm going I'm going to be right there with you and 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 questioning whether Quinn is the right person for this position because you know by that point we should be seeing some progress you know in this uh you know quote unquote you know build that they that they're doing. Well, maybe that's hopefully what's going on behind the scenes. That maybe they sat there with a the chalkboard and said, "All right, these first 20 games if if we're going to lose 5 or 6 7 8 9 games then then so be it." Throw out, <laughs> juggle as much as you can, mix it up as much as you can, and then you know see if, if anything can kind of break through here. And then after that, they're going to have to to buckle up and and you know again it, it's you know we're getting back into just uh, speculating about God knows what's going to happen here in these next you know five six seven games and where they're going to be. But anyway, uh, we do. To be have- honest, yeah. To be honest, that thinking that you just said is the only thing that's keeping me sane right now with this team. Like, cause that is really what I have in my head is that they're doing, 
because I can't figure anything else out. <laughs> like I, I'm like it. It because it's be not this. smart this is, hockey. <laughs> well, it it has that has to be the thinking right now. Yeah, like man. because there is no other explanation for it mm-hmm. at all. And you could say like you know it's boring right now and it's lackluster and and whatnot. But it it, it is that way because there's a, a lack of skill in the lineup. Um, you know, you hope it's going to change once they bring Heedle and Kraftsoft back up and, and you get the lineup where you want to be, that they'll get a little jump. I think the team will, will, will feel a little, you know, get a little hyped once Heedle gets up, get a little bit of a boost. You know, you have to hope that that kind of thing is going to happen. Um, but, you know, one of the big things, and, and uh, Quinn, I was watching the press conference a little bit before, is, you know, is the hard work sort of mantra that this it's really what they're pushing. It's why those yeah, guys really are. Oh, it's why they're in there now. It's the big thing that they're pushing. It's boring, and you have uh, less skilled players in there. But they're trying to teach these guys, you know, hard work. And it's funny. It came across and and Paulie, please don't make fun of me because I'm gonna I'm pulling out some quotes now. I'm I'm <laughs> quoting now. And and this is really I think what like JD and Quinn like has up on a bulletin board. In in the locker room that they're that they're preaching is that hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard, and like I think that that's really what these guys are 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 pushing. That you know we're going. We think that hard work is going to beat talent, or that hard work can beat talent when talent doesn't work hard. And I think that's why Heedle is in Hartford, and I think that's why Kraftsoft's in Hartford, and uh, it's why Leis is on. You know, although I think he's working hard, but some. Quinn from comments he's making, I don't think thinks that way, is on the fourth line. And once they see that talent working hard, they're going to get back in the lineup. Yeah, I, you know, I'm out of issue with that. I mean, this is the roster they, that they decided through training camp and put it together and put these guys out here for these, you know, first whatever it is, 10, 20 games, why they put Heedle and Kratzoff down or whatever. I mean, now it's going to seem like, you know, they're going to come up now because they've got to help the team out. They're in, they're in trouble more or less than it's a, a process of developing these kids down in the farm. Now it's it's a, it's an emergency bring up because uh, you know uh, what if, if Kako goes like another seven eight games here without a goal and uh, you know you talk about hard work and everything uh, and and all that stuff. Look, there's a lot of talented, experienced guys on this team. There's mm-hmm. a hand, only a handful of guys here that don't really have a bucket load of games, uh, you know, behind them. There's a lot of guys who have played here, and there's a lot of guys on this team who've also played in the AHL a lot too. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have a little issue with that in terms of the fact that when it gets back to just fundamental hockey, um, you know, the way this league plays right now, there's there's not a lot of there's really not even a lot of hitting these days. There's definitely not any fighting. There's a lot of free space out there. There's a lot of ice. So it's conditioning, smart hockey, keeping your head up, working with your lineups, and hoping, like I said, your coaches see and make adjustments and make changes. There are other teams in the Metro Division who started off pretty poorly. I'm not going to mention them here, but they're making adjustments. Obviously, there's more experienced guys behind that bench. I think this is something that we're seeing here, too, with Coach Quinn. Don't get me wrong. I love Coach Quinn. I think he's a great guy. But I definitely think there's uh, there's nothing wrong with saying he's on the hot seat right now, only because of what's going to happen here going forward, and we'll just have to wait and see. But um, you know, hard work, talent, and everything else—it's got to show up in the ice. Stay out of the box, you know. Uh, yeah. Bring up the shots on goal a little bit. Play a little ba- better down low in your end. Take advantage of your ice co- your ice time. Compete for more ice time. Uh, it's all those little things that, uh, you know, should be developing, uh, as we say here, after seven games and so on and so forth. And again, you know, the, the gap between the games and the schedule, all blah, blah, blah. Look, they're coming into the meat grinder right now, these next five games. If they can get out of it and impress the hell out of us here and, and get a couple of wins, and at least if they're going to lose, don't play boring hockey. Go down fighting. Play like a New Yorker, the goddamn hashtag that they're freaking <laughs> selling. Because there's certainly not. Because there's a ton of New Yorkers out there that are mad as hell. <laughs> Twitter and everything else. And they're going crazy because they, these guys aren't playing. They're not going through the grind. They're not, uh, they don't seem to be just kind of plowing through it. And, and, they're, and they're waiting and seeing on the decisions that the coach is making. So, again, uh, we'll see what happens. But that, you know, I get it in terms of what JD's saying and the patience and everything. But I don't know how much that's going to last, too, if it starts really kind of spiraling. And Quinn can't get a handle on at least running out consistent lines and everything else. So we'll see what happens. Hey, buddy, I want to I ask you real quick, um, not to harp on it, but 
Obviously, Mark Stahl is, is a bit of a sore spot here. We all love him as a class act and a guy who's been with the team a long time. He's got a lot of miles on the skates. What do, what do, you, what do you do with Mark Stahl? What's, what's your take on that right now? Yeah, I mean, I don't think he could be out there. I, I'm going to be honest. And, and, you know, I a couple of shows ago went over everything he's done for this organization, Lost literally lost his vision, you know, playing for this organization. But, you know, the guy is old now. It, whether you look at the, you know, the underlying metrics of when he's out there, if you're into the, you know, the fancy stats or even the eye test, he just looks slow. He's, you know, he's getting beat to the puck. He's getting pushed off the puck. He's uh, getting caught on fast breaks. He's always behind the forward. You see him sort of coming into the frame after the guy scores, like on every goal. So I, I think that, you know, I still want him around as sort of that veteran but they've got to healthy scratch him and make him the seventh defenseman. Um, and, and whether you bring, you know, you move Brendan Smith back down onto the defense or you bring a guy like Lingren up, um, and, you know, and if you move Smith, you know, back down to the defense, then you can call Heedle up if they feel he's ready. I mean, he's been killing it down in the AHL. So you think, you know, it's only a matter of time till he's back up. But, you know, and, and you feel bad about it because the soul has been a warrior. You know, he's been through the grind. He's been here for all the big playoff wins over the last, you know, 15 years. Um, and, and it's tough to say, but, you know, father time is undefeated. And, uh, you know, he looks old out there. And, you know, you're trying to build something here. And I understand, the, the, like I had mentioned before, you have the hard work mantra. But, you know, at some point, you have to perform. And if we're doing this rebuild and he's taking the spot of, of a lingering, you know, I'm not happy about it. If he's taking minutes away from Hayek, who, who's struggling a bit, but, you know, I'd rather see a guy like Hayek play through the struggles than a guy like Stahl play, who really isn't going to be part of, you know, the future of this team when they're hopefully winning a cup in, in, in three to four years. So, you know, I, I appreciate everything he's done for the organization, but I think it's, you know, and he has a no-move clause, so, you know, you can't send him down to Hartford. No one is going to trade for him. Why would anybody want him on their roster? besides how much they'd have to pay him. And the Rangers could eat some of that salary to, to move him. But, you know, what does he bring a team? Unless a team just wants to, you know, stay, you know, above the, the floor, the salary floor. Maybe Ottawa, for some reason, may need him um, as, as a veteran there or something. But, you know, I, I think the only option at this point is, is have him as a seventh defense. But maybe use him every once in a while if you need to give a guy like Hayek a blow to, to watch from, from the, uh, the press box. But... You know, it, it's tough. It's it's a tough decision. But guess what? They made those decisions with Girardi. They made the decision to move on from McDonough. They made the move to trade Zuccarello. Like, they should be able to do it with Mark Stahl. Well, I, I think there's a place that he might be able to go to, and that's uh, maybe to play down with his brother in uh, Carolina. <laughs> might be an option to send him down there. They might want him. Maybe we can get something back for him. So, I mean, but it is. It's a, it's a troubling kind of a, a situation here. I mean, He's got the experience. He's 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 up there logging, you know, a ton of ice time uh, with the top, you know, five six guys here on the team. So uh, he's not going anywhere, KD. You know, these you know they they're gonna have to lean on him. They're gonna have to use him, and hopefully he can just kind of get out of the funk here. And, and and along with the whole team, I mean, the other thing too is if the if the team is playing better, then the focus doesn't maybe turn on a guy like Mark Stahl and 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 uh, you know so on and so forth. My, no, I, no, I, I think the problem is, is I don't know if they could play better with him in the lineup. You know, I think that he's been that much of a detriment, you know, on defense. You know, in, at least in the first couple of games, you could point, well, the penalty kill, he's doing well on the penalty kill, and the penalty kill was doing very well in the first two games. But, you know, now the, the Rangers have given up uh, a, penalty, uh, a, short, a goal on the power play or a shorthanded goal, um, you know, with their PK, I think in the last five games. So it's not even like their PK is doing well. So, you know, I don't know where you're looking at Mark Stahl's game and you're saying he deserves to be in the lineup at this point, you know, other than maybe, you know, veteran leadership. So, you know, again, you know, I keep saying it. it it's tough to say, it, you know, he's done a lot of great things for the organization. But, you know, if we want to move, continue moving on with this rebuild, you know, he he's going to have to take a back seat here. They're going to have to find a way to 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 put him in that back seat. <laughs> unless, they, <laughs> unless they get him a job pouring beers up in the concession stand, buddy. That's right. Hey, man. Look, you know what? Maybe get him to retire. Give him a job in the front office or something. <laughs> get creative. I don't know what to, what to tell you, but uh, uh, yeah, he's he's been a problem. And look, 
the the whole and 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 that doesn't excuse a guy like Brady Shea, who's probably been just as bad. And and that's more concerning because, like I said, Stahl doesn't really have a future here. He's not, you know, he's only has a year left, and and you assume again that the rebuild is going to take a couple more years. So when they're ready to win, he's not going to be around. Shea is a guy you're you, you know you sort of are hoping is going to be part of this rebuild, and and when we get good, a big part of 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 why they're winning a Stanley Cup, and and he's been just as bad. He's he's lost out there. The whole left side of the defense, and and like I mentioned, Hayek is, is struggling as well. You know, the, it's a problem, and and maybe a reason why you bring a Lindgren up just to change it up a little bit, or you or you somehow get uh, Brendan Smith in there. But the defense is, has been real atrocious. They a lot of running around. You know, they give up the blue line um, when the other team is bringing it in the zone, and uh, you know, again, they're not getting help from from the forwards either. So it's not completely on the defensemen, um, but. Um, something's got to change on defense. And again, it could be Lindy Ruff. Maybe that's the spark, you know, getting him out of there. Because, <laughs> look, they were bad defensively when he was there with A.V. He was bad defensively now with Quinn. He's bad defensively. You've basically changed the entire personnel that he had when he was there with A.V. So it's not a personnel thing. So, you know, we're looking at you, Lindy Ruff. It's time to put up or shut up at, at this point with him as well. You better call somebody uh, down in Dallas and find out what happened down there, you know? <laughs> what, that's right. By the, by the way, by the way, like five, ten minutes ago, I'm making excuses for everything. Now I'm calling for everyone to get rid of everybody. <laughs> Fire rough and get rid of Stall. Yeah, what, hey, KD, what happened to patience about eight <laughs> minutes ago, buddy? <laughs> that's right. I'm, I'm really, my fan is, my fanhood is, my fanatical fanness is, is really just popping out right now. But uh, the def- I, for some reason, I'm more patient with the forwards than I am with the defense. The defense is beyond frustrating with me, um, and I don't know why I see it differently, but I do. Well, once again, welcome to the final episode <laughs> of Radio. That's it. I, I'm off. I'm out of here. I'm walking away. Uh, we're joking. All right. You all listen to Go Rangers Radio right here on the Go Hockey Media Radio Network. We're going to take a, just a quick break, as we always do around this time, just to wet the whistle. We'll be right back. Thanks so much for tuning in. Go Rangers Radio. We'll be right back. If you bleed red, white, and Rangers blue, hail the king, follow the bread man, and know how to spell Capocaco, then tune in to Go Rangers Radio. Join your hosts, Kevin DeLury and Paul Cuthbert, every week for their take on the New York Rangers. Live and archive shows are available at GoRangersRadio.com. If you're social, follow at Go Rangers Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Go Rangers Radio, where the New York Rangers are always the talk of the town. Got any questions for Polly and Kevin? Tag us at Go Rangers Radio on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And now, slower than a Ron Dugay forecheck. Faster than a John Agrodnick line change and unable to guarantee anything like Mark Messier. Here's DeLurie and Cuthbert. Yeah, baby! DeLurie and Cuthbert! What the hell are we doing here? My lord, once again, welcome back to the misery. Range is 2 4 and 1. Not looking good. We've been up and down the line up here a little bit. We're calling for the coaches' heads. We'll have to see what happens. Well, KD, you know, we've talked about some of the guys who are struggling, and I guess maybe collectively the whole team is here. But I want to touch uh, on uh, on the big guys here a little bit, and that's um, let's talk about Truba, Panarin, Zabanajad, and uh, maybe a little bit about Hank and, and Georgie uh, in terms of how you think they're they're handling themselves here. Not, you know... It, it, what I'm looking at here to talk about, more or less, is not necessarily the, the productivity or the lack of productivity on the ice, is, is maybe seeing maybe some of their, um, their mannerisms here, you know, their post-game conferences, um, you know, pressers and the scrums and everything, just a little bit of the feedback and everything else. I, I kind of always try and, you know, watch what some of the experienced guys, the leaders guys, you know, Chuba has been used to winning in Winnipeg the last few seasons, obviously getting the conference finals. Almost getting into the finals. Some great series, some great playoff hockey there uh, in the Western Conference the last couple of years. You got Panarin, who's obviously been playing for Torts here the last few years and, and turning that franchise around. Uh, some amazing playoff series the last couple of years. I mean, last year against Boston was just unbelievable. 
Uh, just exciting stuff going on there in Columbus. And now you get your boatloads of money. You know, it's the business and everything. You get a fresh start. That's what it's all about, being a, a you know a, a semi-veteran here. Uh, young guys, obviously, uh, you know, earning their keep and they're getting this chance at the Rangers. Um, and then you got Mika, who's been, you know, he's been through the mull here a little bit the last couple of seasons as well. The exhaustion, the patience, the hard work that we talked about over and over here. But uh, just your take. You seen anything? And, and then obviously we'll we'll do Hank and Georgia here a little separately. But let's talk about those three big guys right now and, and what you've seen in, in, in terms of how they've been handling themselves through this little rough spot. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a little bit, bit of disappointment, to be honest with you, because these guys are, are supposed to be, you know, the leaders here, the the sort of veteran presence here, the top guys out there. And, and when the team goes through a little bit of a tailspin, you know, you expect, uh, you know, for those guys to put the team on their back or on their shoulder and, and, and sort of lead them out of it. And, you know, I had mentioned before, I mean, Zabinijad hasn't scored since the second game of the season. Um, Panarin only has two points in his last five games. Now they've both been goals and that, and that's great, but you've just seen so a bit of a fall off, um, you know, in, in their play. And, you know, again, there's been a lot of line juggling, but they've been together, the two of them, Zabinijad and Panarin. So there really hasn't been that much of a changeover. I know that, um, Quinn had put Fost on the first line and, and, and look, we all love Fost, but he had no business being on the first line last game. But, you know, you're seeing that the power play, which was on fire the first two games is now in a like a two for 19 tailspin um you know the team has scored you know nine goals in the last five games i mean that's not very good and you know four of those nine goals are by panarin and fast you know mm-hmm. it's it's you know where is Zabinijad? he needs to sort of find his scoring touch again so and Quinn, again, during his press conference today, doesn't think he's getting the effort from the team. So, where, you know, Zabinijad was, was supposed to be up there for, for captaincy. You know, a lot of people were calling for him to be a captain. Um, you know, and right now, a guy you look to a guy like him and a guy like Panarin and a guy like Truba to, you know, grab the mantle here and say, all right, boys, you know, let's get this going. You know, this is unacceptable. Um, the undisciplinedness of the amount of penalties that they've been taking lately. It, it, it's, it's all unacceptable. And you sort of look at the top guys and you wonder, you know, what, what are they doing at this point? How are they going to get the, the team out of it? Because the young guys lo- are looking up to those guys, um, you know, in situations like this. Are they going to falter? Or, or is this when they're sort of going to rise to the occasion? And right now I'm not sure where they are. Um, you know, in these next three, day, three games, it could get ugly. You know, if these guys don't step up. So, you know, these Truba and Panarin have been have been, you know, uh, elite players in this league. And I have no doubt that they're going to figure it out. They're going to start scoring. And Mika, again, is is, we all know his skill level here. And and, uh, you know, the hope and and uh, is that they're going to get us out of it. And, you know, they they will. But right now, I'm you know a little bit concerned, you know, where they are, you know, where their games are um, and, and that you're not seeing. You know, beyond the points, I mean, you're, again, the enthusiasm out on the ice, the the, the hard hitting, the you know, it, every team goes through goal scoring uh, struggles, you know, throughout the year. But you always have to play hard. Um, you always have to be finishing your checks and those kind of things. And that's that's just not happening, and especially with the the rough starts to these games. Um, you know, that's where the leadership comes in. And I, you know, I put it on Quinn before, but also the leadership. You know, you, they he has. Those guys have to have this team ready to go. They have to have them up and ready to play and, and hyped up before the game. So, uh, a little concerning. But you're okay? Yeah. Yeah, I, I am. I mean, I'm, what are you going to do, trade them? I mean, <laughs> you know. that. Uh, well, look, you at what you, look at what you say there, right? So, we're, let's, let's now we go backtrack a little bit to the whole captaincy thing and the leadership and everything else, right? So, um, you know, something that maybe they're lacking here. And we, you know, Ranger teams have always had one of the two of those guys that would, you know, step up and get into whether he, you know, was a guy like Callahan or was a, um, you know, uh, Avery, somebody who's out there. And there doesn't seem to be that guy that can actually, you know, maybe they get into this whole nice guy corner. You know what I'm saying? Mika's a nice guy. And, you know, Panarin's a little bit of a goofball out there. And Truba's, you know, to me, I think hopefully, eventually, I think it's going to be that guy. I just think, you know, uh, him in the back line there but um you know as far as you know somebody uh I think this team is eventually going to need that I think every team 
eventually needs a leader, somebody to look to, somebody who's going to have to, you know, uh, take the brunt of the questions after the games and and show some kind of leadership here. I, you know, we, we talked about, yeah, maybe they don't need a captain right now, but, you know, you got to see something out of these guys a little bit. Uh, again, it's early and so on and so forth, and, you know, we're talking about, you know, what could be coming up and, 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 and where they're coming from, but I think eventually what's going to have to happen here is, as fans, you want that. You know, if we're getting pissed off out here on the outside of the rink and seeing these guys, you know, on the rink, and they're the ones putting the hard work in, and they're losing, and they got their heads down and, and everything else, we're going to want something. We I want somebody to kind of step up and kind of, you know, instead of just just saying it nicely, yeah, we need to play better. Yeah, you know, it's a rebuild. Yeah, we're getting things. I want somebody to say, yeah, we suck today. We, you know, we got to get a crap together. Hank tries to do that. He shows it with his emotions, you know, sometimes because he hates losing. But it's amazing here, too. We got to talk about his, uh, these first few games is the way he's they're going back and forth with uh, with Georgie Boy and, and, and Hank in terms of how they're splitting that up. How do you think they're managing that role so far with uh, – with the two goaltenders, and, and how far do you think they'll keep that going? I feel you got to probably maybe just let uh, Hank get the reins again and and stay consistent here. And, and, and I don't like the the back and forth right now. I think right now is the time to get these guys some legs and get things going. And again, middle of the season, kind of maybe pull back a little bit. What's your take there as we switch over to the goaltending side? Yeah, actually, if you don't mind, I'd like to just go back to what you were saying because I think you were bringing up a good point. As far sure, as KD, um, this is your they, show too. Yeah. Say you, what you because, want, buddy. Because yeah, Paulie, you, you bring up a lot of good points, and I'd like to, you know, expand on 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 what you know you're bringing up. You know, and and, and you know, obviously, I'm I'm discussing a disappointment with sort of the top of the lineup with those guys, but I have a real disappointment with the bottom of the lineup too. And I mentioned it before with Lemieux, where he's really hasn't been that antagonizing, agitating sort of presence out there. You know, these bottom six guys that that um, Quinn has brought in like a Smith who's supposed to bring a little bit of a, you know, grit to the lineup or a McKeg or a Haley, you know, they've, they've been really disappointing too, because that's another way you could sort of, and, and this is, you know, what you were mentioning, you know, where's the big hit, you know, from Lemieux or from Haley, you know, where's the fight where to get the bench energized. It's just, it's, it's throughout the lineup, you know, and you can look to those top guys as the leadership that they're not bringing. But where's the bot, the glue guys trying to get that energy on the they bench? Can't, I'm, I'm just, they can't get any ice time. <laughs> well, that's true. I, I just don't see it. Look, if, you, if you're only going to get a minute, you might as well go, you know, ball <laughs> to the wall and, and go crazy. And you're just not seeing it from these guys. You know, like you said, it's very passive out there. And. You know, you were ho- I was hoping that a guy like Lemieux would bring that. Even D'Angelo. And D'Angelo is bringing the offense, which is great. But he's got a little grit to his game, too. You know, and, and you're just not seeing it. I, they're going to have to, when there's no scoring, they're going to have to grind out wins. And they're just not showing that right now. Um, so it's it's really is, you know, and I just didn't want to, sh- you know, put it all on the top guys, not sort of showing that leadership. Because the bottom line, bottom lines who are supposed to bring that grit to the lineup or that, you know, uh, that bite, as, uh, you know, Torch used to say, it's just not there. And, and it's, it's real disappointing. It's, it's concerning. And, you know, it, it's from top to bottom right now with this lineup. It, it, it's lifeless. So, um, so I just wanted to go back on, on that. Um, yeah, and, I, and I'll just add on that, too, before we switch over to Hank and Georgia Boy. Too. And maybe that comes down to coaching experience because coaches will they've – got, they've got to know how to run your bench. And sometimes, even if your top guys and your highest paid guys aren't bringing it, you throw your other guys out there and give them more ice time, and you try and and, and you know try and light a fire under these guys' asses is basically what it comes down to. It's it's a thin line between. You know, what I was asking for before about consistency, let's keep the same lines together, let's build something and, and everything else, and then you got the juggling and everything else. And we're talking about all these guys right now that, uh, you know, once you get past Fox at, you know, 16 minutes and Foss and the rest of them down, they're all under 15 minutes, you know, down to, uh, you know, your boy McKegg there and everything else, getting seven and six minutes and, and so on and so forth and Smith. So these guys are, are, are getting limited ice time down on the bottom, and then I'm sure they, they're, they're stressed in terms of playing disciplined hockey, and then, you know, the guys are putting themselves in the box, so we're playing shorthanded. And uh, so right now, I think just up and down the bench, it's, uh, you know, one thing to be losing and trying to get a flow, but then there's all this just pressure, and these guys are not getting the opportunities because of the way the team is playing as a whole right now. And this is really going to be the challenge to see how a guy like Quinn 
uh, manages through these hard times. And upstairs, J.D., Gorton, the rest of the organization, how they're going to look down from the skyboxes and see whether or not he's able to run the bench. Because as much as you like the guy, and he's a young guy to kind of bring in the new step here, but if this team, if he doesn't show a way to handle his bench and to turn it around, I don't know if he's going to make it. Because I don't don't think, I just don't think this franchise is going to sit back and let them lose you know, 60 games. <laughs> you know yeah. I, I mean, he, and, and Quinn really needs to bring out his sort of inner Tortorella. Yes! I mean, they, they, yeah. I mean, they, they do like you said, Give like me you some were mentioning. Espo! Yeah. Give me I some mean, they, <laughs> it's true. I, I think they need, they need a little bit of that, a little bit of fire from behind the bench. I agree with you a, a thousand percent. All right. Well, let's talk about Hank and Georgia Boy here a little bit. A little bit. Outside, I'm just getting pelted and trying to keep the team above water. Uh, look, um, I'll just say real quick. Look, I, we can't go wrong as far as what's going in uh, the two guys that we have in net. Uh, world class, great players. They're doing the best they can out there. Few and far mistakes. They're getting a lot of rubber shown at them. Uh, we've talked about the defense and then the guys struggling up front. And the other thing we talk about too, man. They've got a you know a few five on threes here that the guys haven't been able to bury. And they're just playing better defensively structured teams, I guess. And that's all it is. But um, I have no issues with the goaltending right now. Yeah, I and I like the way that Quinn has been using it, uh, using them this early in the season. Again, with the with the crazy beginning of, of the scheduling where they had all that time off. I, I've liked what he's done. And Quinn mentioned today that now that the, the scheduling is moving, he may go with one or the other for a couple of games in a row now if one of them gets a little bit hotter. I mean, they're both playing fantastic right now, like I mentioned earlier. I mean, the Rangers would be losing by five, six goals, you know, every night if it weren't for these two guys. I mean, they've been standing on their heads. Um, So, yeah, I've liked the way Quinn's been using them. I like both their games so far. He's got to put both of them in the net at the same time. (laughs) Yeah, please. Absolutely. And uh, so, yeah, I I mean, whichever way Quinn goes, uh, I'll support it with these guys because I think they've both been good and, you know, he's going to play the hot hand, uh, whichever way it goes. And look, that that may mean Lundqvist is on the bench for a, a long stretch, which is going to be strange to see. I mean, I know we saw it last year a, a bit as well, but it's still weird to see him, uh, especially early in the season, being passed over for George, uh, George Katie, Boy. KD, you know, sorry to do, but you know, yeah. even from your lacrosse days, net, the goaltender has got to get into a groove. They've got to get into a groove. And you've got to ride a guy for a while. And right now, as far as points and everything else, I think, I think more than anything, my opinion is you ride Hank. The back and forth right now, I don't know. I think, especially where the team is at right now, it just might be a bad idea. Go on. No, I hear you, but I mean, if you look at the numbers, and again, they've both been great. I mean, Georgie Boy's numbers are much better than Lundqvist so far. And I know that it has a lot to do with how the team is playing in front of him. It's not necessarily the goalie, but. You know, you're looking at for Georgiev, his goals against average is, you know, 2.70. Or for Lundqvist, it's 3.57. Safe percentage, 9.23 for Georgiev and 9.06 for Lundqvist. I mean, right now, you know, Lundqvist is being outplayed. Now, look, he's been, Lundqvist has been here and he's the reason that the Rangers were in the playoffs all those years, made it to the Stanley Cup. I mean, he's literally the reason and, and deserves, I guess, the first crack at it. Like, I get that, and th- and that's the right thing to do. Uh, but, you know, if they decide to go with uh, Georgiev here, you know, I- I'm not going to complain about it. I mean, the guy is a solid goalie and uh, may be, at this point, better than Lundqvist. So, you know, if he ends up deciding to ride him, you know, I- you're really not going to get any complaints out of me. No, like I said, it's a good situation. I just think the team, for some reason— you know, obviously this season so far, but even even in the past, even last year a little bit, they seem to just, I don't know, Hank just gets unlucky. They seem to just play better in front of uh, George well, I think sometimes. That, I think, well, I think, yeah, and again, I agree. I think they always played better in front of Ronta or Talbot. And I, I think that they looked at Hank's in there, and I think they let up a little bit. Oh, good, Hank's back there. Uh, you know, he'll he'll cover for my mistakes. And maybe they're more willing to take chances with him in goal because they realize how great he is. And, and and I agree. I think there is something to that. Um, but, uh, you know, Georgia, like I mentioned, is a solid goalie. And, and, and you could definitely make the argument, as I did, that he should be playing ahead of Lundqvist. Uh, but I, I think, yes, I think Lundqvist, they'll defer to him 
let him ride with it a bit, see where it goes, and, and then take it from there. All hail the king. Get him in there. Hank, every night, baby, as much as I love Georgie. All right, folks, once again, you all listen to GoRangersRadio.com. Man, if these guys don't start winning, I don't know how many people are going to be listening to us, KD. <laughs> <laughs> all right, before we get to uh, KD's Man Crush of the Week, uh, we're trying to do something here new every week, and I guess we're going to have to get really creative if the losses start mounting up. But, uh, <laughs> KD, we, uh, we discussed talking about um, a trade – a Rangers trade that affected us negatively or maybe just something that we just were like, oh, I wish that never had happened or whether it just affected the team. I, I guess more on a personal level, maybe that's where we're going. But uh, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna hand it off to you because I'm curious to see what yours is because it, it might be the same. I think it might be the same for all Ranger fans as far as the, <laughs> the, the worst trade, uh, as far as, you know, it impacting not only the team but also uh, personally in terms of favorite players getting let go. But you, you take it away. Give me, uh, give me your negative trade, Rangers trade. Yeah, when I was, you know, when I was thinking about this and which way I wanted to go, I, you know, obviously there's been a, it's been tough to see a lot of the you know, recent guys go, and, and that stuff is, is real tough. But I, I think I, I, you have to go back to almost your childhood when, when this stuff like really, like really impacted you, like, like to your core, you know, when, when you're losing players. And the one trade that I will never forget, I mean, my dad like literally had to console me. I was I was like a mess when it happened is when the Rangers traded Mike Ridley and Kelly Miller to the Capitals for Bobby Carpenter. I think that has to be one of the worst trades in like sports history. It still bothers me. I mean, Ridley was coming off of, you know, a rookie year where he literally he led the team in points that year. And in the play, if you remember, it was the 86 playoffs when they upset the, uh, the Flyers and the Capitals that year. And then they lost to Patrick Waugh when he was a rookie in the Canadians in the conference finals that year. The Wales, back when, when it was the real NHL, uh-huh. back in the old Patrick <laughs> division days. Yep. Um, and um, when I heard, and, and the trade went down on, on New Year's Day, it was like the New Year's Day massacre for me. Um, that the Rangers, for whatever reason, decided they needed Bobby Carpenter, you know, who we all hated because he was a capital and traded away at that time, like my favorite Ranger. Um, it, it, I was a mess. I mean, like I had mentioned, my dad just literally had to console me. And, and what made matters worse, I don't know if you remember this, Paulie, Bobby Carpenter was then traded later that same year. The same year. He literally <laughs> played, I think, 20 five or so games with him and they traded him for marcel dion oh what a trade it was baby. yes <laughs> you met they traded carpenter the same year they traded away the guy who led the team in points a rookie player and uh they then turned carpenter they around threw because it, they threw in marcel's the, wheelchair too. Your, your buddy esposito yeah. said that Car- carpenter when he was the gm said Carpenter couldn't hack it in New York. He, Go out he and figured get that out. And, floor too. <laughs> and, uh, and to this day, and Ridley went on to be an all star. You know, yeah, I think he had a, a 40 plus goal season. He was putting up, you know, 80 points a year. And we had Carpenter for like 20 games. And, uh, and then, and uh, also part of the trade was Kelly Miller, who was an outstanding defensive forward. And uh, to this day, I, I rue. That trade. Awful. Yes, I, I agree with you. Um, and those days, Espo was the Mike Milbury of the New York Rangers <laughs> back then. I mean, everybody was going, and it was nothing but old guys coming in. Oh, my God. Michelle Bergeron days, those were unbelievable, man. It was just brutal. And, and then Espo came down, fired him, and he ended up behind the bench. It was just uh, comical. but uh, and, and it was tough, man, because, you know, growing up, I loved Espo. I still love mm-hmm. him. I do love him, but man, I loathe him back then because I'm right with you, man. He was trading guys and bringing in the old guys. I mean, LaFleur came in. It was just an absolute nightmare, the whole part of it. But look, buddy, I- I'm surprised. I'm sitting here and I'm going, I, I get it. Uh, you know, and you think back when you're a kid and everything and the ones that really kind of hurt you and stuff, there's no doubt about it. But the one that stands out for me that I have to feel it's a kind of across the board for a lot of people, Mike Gartner was one of my mm. favorite Rangers, okay? And he was flying high with the squad, world class. You know, you hated him when he was at the Caps, when he came to the Rangers, and he was just just a pure great goal scorer. He was awesome. And then all of a, you know, this is when uh, you know um, you know Nielsen gets fired, 
Keenan comes in everything. But obviously the big trade there, Tony Amonti, they all got, you know, these are two guys that you love, but they were part of the big trade that brought in all the key guys that ended up winning the Cup Wars there in 94. Um, but I that that killed me uh, with seeing Garts go because the other thing, too, is then when they win the whole thing is thinking that that guy was so cl- he was so close. Uh, and I just and when God when he played with Mess and Graves there in the beginning, it was so much fun to watch. They were great. One of my favorite all time Ranger comes back. They were down six one to the Capitals, and Mess and Garts and Graves. They all came back. It was incredible. It was unbelievable. I just have great memories of Mike Gartner just being a class act. He was just a super Ranger. Um, I get I get why he was traded. We got great guys come back from. It was a whole big uh, you know it was Anderson Thomas. It was. Uh, uh, Mato, Amante, all those guys, you know, was, and it broke everybody's hearts too. And Amante going too because he was a great, um, you know, up and coming young guy on the team, and um, it was it was so tough to see him go. And with that too, all parts of the, uh, I mean, there was a lot of guys that we lost, you know, uh, when Mess came in and Keenan came in, and and you know, Smith was just trying to just you know get everybody in there to to win the cup. The other guy that that hurt too, and of course, Mess is coming in. But a guy that I loved on the Rangers was Bernie Nichols. And when him and DeBrus mm. got traded for Mess, I mean, obviously it's a no-brainer. But, man, you know, Bernie did his work here with the squad, and he was such a fan favorite uh, before he left. And, you know, he went on and had some uh, good times there in, in Edmonton and everything. But um, those are the two ones that stand out for me. And, again, they're just guys that you love. But Gartz and Amante going for all those guys that came in to help us win the Cup. And then, obviously, uh, I, I love Bernie going. And DeBrusque was a great, big, tough kid for us back then, too. And, uh, and again, of course, we get moose, so there's nothing you can do about it. There's a no-win there. But um, those are the yeah, two. I th- Go ahead. Bro. I think if, the, if there's any sort of stain on the 94 Cup is the fact that Gartner was not on that team. Absolutely. I, I agree that you know him not getting his name on the Cup with that team was the only like negative Loved of what him. went on in '94. I I agree a thousand percent that that was real tough, you know. And 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 it's a little easier to swallow because they did ultimately win the cup, and you're like, well, you know, they won the cup. But but think about the players that were traded, and you wonder if the Rangers might have been better off long term, you know, <laughs> with Gartner, with Amante, with Doug Waite. Yeah, he you goes know, for taking in. Yep. Yeah. You know, these guys that they that they traded away, you know, the guys that they brought in were key components of of that run. And, and without those guys, like you're saying, Tekken in and Mato, I mean, you know, they don't get into the finals without Mato. But, you know, are you, they better long term? I mean, after what happened, you know, where they fell off the cliff sort of afterward, after the, they, went, they got Gretzky and they went on that run in 97, you know. Man, they missed a lot of great years of Tony Amante for one for that cup. Yeah, Goodness man. gracious. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's a good. Those are good ones. That was tough. That was a tough pill to swallow losing Gardner there for sure. Yeah, and two other favorite Rangers of that year too for me. Um, obviously, James Patrick has always been a staple with the mm-hmm. team. But him and Darren Turcott, man, I used to love Turk, and he went. They went to Hartford, man, and we got Kiprios and Lawmer and, and Barry Richter, baby. Remember Barry Richter? <laughs> yeah, I think I think every female. Ranger fan loved Darren Turcott. He was like that, you know, young, hot, you know, Ranger guy. Every female Ranger fan I knew loved Darren Turcott. I don't know. I think there might be a secret KD man crush. <laughs> he was the original man crush. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, well, that's good stuff, man. I love that. Uh, two great couple of trades there, man. And we could go on and on, man. We'll, we'll have some more fun with that. And we'll maybe get the fans to kind of chime in here as we go ahead in the, in the weeks to come and, uh, in terms of talking about some of the uh, the gut-wrenching Ranger trades that uh, broke hearts and, and, uh, and turned the franchise one way or the other. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time as we're about to wrap up the Go Rangers Radio uh, episode four here, season one. We don't know how much longer we're going to do this, right, KD? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we ain't going nowhere. This is too much fun. But anyway, it's time for Kevin Delory's KD's New York Rangers Man Crush of the Week. Uh, I got to go with the owner of my local liquor store Woo-hoo! because, my goodness, have I needed him this week. <laughs> He's been there for me. I walk in and, you know, the pint of Jack Daniels is just sort of waiting for me there. And uh, or the gallon, I should say the gallon of, of Jack Daniels is sort of <laughs> waiting for me on the uh, right there on the counter waiting to go. So, you know, to Eddie over at the uh, Crossroad Liquors. 
Thanks, buddy. You're helping me get through this uh, this malaise of my Ranger team. Unbelievable, man. And I, I have a bad <laughs> feeling, KD. He's going to be seeing a lot of you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hopefully, uh, hopefully they can turn things around. But uh, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. The liquor guy. KD's liquor man. <laughs> his supplier. Uh, all right, buddy. We got to... A tough couple of games coming up here. The league-leading Buffalo Sabres in here tomorrow night. We'll see what happens, and then we got and, and who's the and who is on Buffalo is our boy VC. Yeah, buddy. So he's got, we're have... know, he's, he's putting four in tomorrow. You know that. <laughs> oh, absolutely, no doubt. <laughs> All right, say goodbye there, Katie. All right, everyone. Thanks again. We I, again, we do appreciate. I know we say almost say it every week. We appreciate the, the listenership. It means a, a whole hell of a lot to us that you guys take time out of your day to, to listen to the podcast. We're having a super fun time. You know, we hope that you guys are, are really enjoying the show. You know, the feedback that we're getting is, is super positive and the amount of downloads that we're getting is, is great. So, you know, we're really excited to do this. You know, we obviously we've been joking around that we're going to shut it down. But, you know, we're having too much fun, even despite how bad, you know, the Rangers are. So, you know, thanks again to everybody who's listening. We do. We love you guys. All right, Katie. Good night. Good night, everybody. We'll see you next Wednesday. Go Rangers Radio, baby.